Hey there, fans of the Wretched Hive. Before we get to the show, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial of the Audible service just by going to www.audibletrial.com forward slash hive. That's spelled H-I-V-E. From there, you can get over 180,000 titles to choose from that you can play on your iPhone, over Android, if you have a Kindle, one of those, or even if you're still stuck on one of them MP3 players. Maybe even a Zune if that's still out there. Are those still out there? They're probably still out there. You can play it on a Zune, I'm sure, because they took MP3s. Why not? Anyway, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Iceland Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Well, guys, I got good news and I got bad news. Hmm. The good news is D23 is here. Today, Friday, we are supposed mm-hmm. to get a trailer for The Mandalorian. What? What? Shut yep. your mouth. No Today's kidding. Today's Wednesday. That's the good news. Not as we record. Oh. Come on. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Friday. Uh, the bad news is that there's a divorce in our family, guys. What? Yeah, there's a divorce. And it's, uh, oh, yeah. it's Disney and Sony oh, are getting yeah. a divorce. And unfortunately, their child, Spider-Man... Like many divorces, is going to be the one that suffers. But uh, oh, I hate no. I hate when mom and dad fight. We're going to cover it all for you because you have found the Wretched Hive podcast for Friday, August twenty third, not Wednesday, two thousand nineteen, episode ninety four of the show. My name is Steve Baldwin, and the entire hive is with us tonight, and we are pumped to bring you all the latest news and a very special. Hive 5 tonight that I'm so excited about. I can't wait for this. It's going to be a great show. Let's start it off with the Wookiee co-pilot, Greg Lent. Stevie, bitch, please get this dog behind me to stop barking so I can get through my intro. God damn it, what is happening right now? Stevie, bitch. Steve, let me tell you. D23 has happened. We got Marvel news. We got Star Wars news. We got actual news to talk about this time. It's not just the five of us just just circle jerking around in a circle. Well, there's going to be that. I mean, we can't get away from that, but we've also got news. We're going to circle jerk in a square this week. We have have a core audience we have to please, right? With the circle jerk, right? I'm not in the middle of the square circle jerk, just by the way. That's not my turn this week. I did it last time. Also on the show tonight, he is a lifelong Star Wars fan. Ivansky. Oh my God, Steve! I am back and I'm feeling good. Welcome back, my friend. I feel really good right it's now. It's good to see you, man. You look really good. Thanks, man. You tan. You get some sun. Yeah, a little Club Med. You know. You were down Do in San Diego. Do you want to be alone? I was. I, yeah, it was good times. <laughs> and the pork. The pork is going to get jealous. The pork's in the corner. He he's looking a little jealous over there tonight. Uh, also joining us on the show tonight, he's the captain of the Nico Rodriguez. You know, Scott, I don't think good is the word I would use for that pork. Honestly, looking at it right now, it's looking a little frumpy. Steve, have you been abusing the pork? No, never. He's looking real sad tonight. Never. He's he's kind of role-playing over there in the corner. I don't know what's going on (laughs) with him. The pork has looked sad since the day we brought her home. (laughs) Or it. I'm not sure. I I think porgs are asexual. I don't think they're he or she, actually. 
Yeah. Let's just know. go with that. It is now. And look at BB-8 over there is kind of freaking mm. out, too. And as the pork sometimes says, and finally. I'm an activist and house party enthusiast. <laughs> we have. My first introduction to manhood came when the captain of my water polo team asked me to shotgun a tall can of Bud Light in front of the whole squad at his end-of-the-season bash. <laughs> Dave! And I was super stoked. <laughs> Under no circumstances. I grew up like most kids, worried I couldn't bench two plates. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Should you ever... I could relate to bros regardless of what kind of bro they were. <laughs> and I mean... My newfound confidence gave me the courage to ask out the most popular girl in school. Ever! She rejected me. <laughs> Call him. But I didn't care because I was so amped on chugging with my boys. <laughs> I didn't need love. I had keg stands. What the hell, Potter? What could be at a party and moon people and everyone would laugh? You know, be witty. <laughs> Why do you have Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh doing my intro? Whatever that is, I need it. I need to know what that is, Greg. Oh, my God. God. Dave, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you to my favorite rebel scum, Stevie Baldwin, and the rest of the Red Dive. We are here. We are five by five tonight. So thank you to you. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening, wherever, whenever, and however you are listening to us. And it's exciting because before in the pre-show here, and I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this or not, but we were we were hatching our plan to buy the country of Greenland because <laughs> we hear it's for sale. Mm. I hate and they just And they just want to spite the mm. other potential buyer that's out there right now, so they might give us a good deal on it. I hate I when you pull the, the fourth... best deal just to get that asshole to shut up. <laughs> I, I hate when you pull the curtain back, Dave, but, you know, in this, in this instance, I guess it's okay. We're looking for investors. Yes. We are. We'll rename we are, it right? the, the Wretched Island. The Wretched Island. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Oh. oh, my God. Well, if you have ever bought Greenland, <laughs> well played, uh, give us a call and let us know what you paid for it on the Wretched Hive hotline. That's 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. That's H-I-V-E. In case you chugged it and you can't spell hive. <laughs> You're goddamn rot, bro. And you can also find us online at thewretchedhive.net. Seriously, go. <laughs> Seriously, go check it out. I want to know what you think. We redid our website. Uh, we need more traffic there. So go check it out. And we've all got we've got all the episodes posted. We've got all the show notes. It's a cool looking site. I'd really love your feedback. Go check it out. Thewretchedhive.net. We're also available on Facebook. At facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive Podcast. We love you, Facebook. <laughs> uh, and on Twitter at Wretched Hive Pod, but not too active there. Go go to Facebook, I suppose. On Instagram at Wretched Hive 77. You can also email us to show at the Wretched Hive.net. You can find our app in the App Store. I've been talking about that it's going to go away, and I kind of have been rejuvenated about the app. I'm going to be updating the app soon. So Let's do it. Let's do it. Go check that out at uh, 
the Apple App Store, search Wretched, and you'll find us. You can also find us on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, and of course, the best way to listen and review the show is on Apple Podcasts. So go check it out if you haven't yet. Uh, all yeah. right. Can, 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 I got to jump in on this. Is this going to be a hot well, Jesus right? machine episode with everyone Drink. in the chugging and the bros? It and seems that way. Holy crap. I mean, I, what, I've, got a, I've got a stockyard oatmeal stout that I'm enjoying, bro. Bro. Tonight. Yeah, bro. There was yeah. one I didn't get to play, so let's just enjoy it right now. There you go. There's no more effective environment for that than a freaking rager. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my what God. That's so that? good. It's so good. It was an L.A. City Council meeting because they were contemplating banning house parties in Hollywood. So there's all these <laughs> Hollywood Hills bros came out and, oh my God. and defending the right to rage. God, that and is 50% fantastic. Of them, 50% of them were named Chad. <laughs> yes. The other 50 were Blaine. <laughs> uh, so talking about drinking, Lisa Baldwin, my wife, yeah. of 29 years as of last week, I should mention. Happy anniversary, honey. I love you. Thank you very much. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Working on 30. Yeah. Uh, oh, my. Lisa and <laughs> they're years alive. <laughs> yeah, years alive. Lisa yeah. and I went to uh, Galaxy's Edge for the second time last week. Our our annual passes are now unblocked. Uh, no, no, I'm going to jump in real quick. You can continue, but seriously, <laughs> I'm keeping track, man. I've got a Facebook calendar. It's seven times, right? No, yeah. it's only two, but I am oh. probably going to go Friday as the show releases. I might be there again because I'm off on Friday. All right. Uh, but we this time we got to go to Oga's Cantina, guys. I'm jumping the fence and meeting you. There. Come on in. You want to go? Let's, <laughs> Let's go. go. Uh, had a great time there. Uh, we had a drink, a couple drinks. So one was called the Yub Nub, appropriately named, and it's a tiki, a um, rum-based drink. I'm showing you guys the the tiki mug that came with the $42 drink. You get to I was keep the say, mug. Make sure you take your credit card when you go. Oh yeah, make, uh, better, make sure you open yet, a new credit line. Yeah, or better yet, take the Underhills American Express card. <laughs> yeah. So my my beverage uh, was the Jedi Mind Trick. Which is a uh, grapefruit infused vodka. It was green, and I think I was it was. Say, is it kind of like a mind eraser? So yeah, it was very sweet. All the drinks there are very sort of crowd pleasing sweet. There's they're not very spirit forward, but it was fun. I mean, the environment there is off the hook cool. It's so cool inside there, and uh, my I think my drink was twelve bucks. So I mean, you can you can get out of there for you know, around 20 bucks for a couple of drinks. If you want, I just bought the Tiki mug because it's a really cool mug. It yeah. shows the Battle of Endor, and it's, it's a really well-made. Scott, you're kind of a Tiki enthusiast. What do you think of the uh, Yubna mug? Yeah, I, you know, we talked about this earlier, and I'm going to just yeah. say as as a Tiki aficionado, mm -hmm. it's a well-designed mug. It has this very unique carved look to it, and it does tell the whole story, and I love how it looks. Uh, it's very heavy. It's mm -hmm. not cheap. So uh, if you're looking for a really nice souvenir from Disney, from Galaxy's Edge, this yeah. is this is the one to get. Seriously, and, and you get it filled with a drink, so it's you know you can probably go spend that much on a mug somewhere else in the park if you wanted to. But this yeah. way you get a nice beverage, and uh, it, it, I mean the environment in there is now so bitching. It's I think really the cool. only other two places in the park or even outside the park that have this type of tiki mug uh, uh, souvenir is mm -hmm. Trader Sam's, which is over by the hotel. Yes. Um, they do have quite a few, and they do have special ones during the holiday. But also, if you are a, uh, a member, I think you have to be a real special member of this, but uh, Club 33 oh, offers a special a tiki, tiki mug. mug. Yes, okay. they do. 
Cool. So, and I think they used to sell some of the Trader Sam's mugs over at the, whatever the name of the shop is, it's across from the Indiana Jones ride, but they've redesigned that whole area. That was a very large shopping area, and they've reduced that down to a small shop and then more seating for food, which was desperately needed there. So I don't know if they still sell those there or not. Now, I thought that shop right there across from Indiana was called Trader Sam's. Next to the Bengal. No, no, that's no. the Bengal barbecue. Yeah, I yeah. think you're thinking. Yeah, but of. then there was a shop next to it that used to sell a bunch of Billabong stuff. Yeah, they sold all yeah. kinds of like so, surfwear and shit. So that's that, all gone now. That's, that's most of that's gone now. Yeah, yeah, that's gone, and it's all seating for Bengal barbecue. So they cleaned but, out all those clothes. They're all out, and it's just tables and seating in there now. So and, then, correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, that shop there used to be called Trader Sam's because Trader oh. Sam was the shrunken head at the end of mm. the cruise. The Jungle Cruise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That the guy been, talked about it, being... It's all, yeah, it's also the Tiki Bar that's over at the Disneyland Hotel, though. Which which is uh-huh. named after that, that little uh, part of the Jungle Cruise. Which is a legit tiki bar too over there, right? Oh, it's Scott, you've, full. you've shared that it's it's a great bar. Yeah, I was just there last night, and it is fantastic. They okay. they have great bar food, but they're part of the. Uh, oh God, correct me if I'm wrong. The Tangare or something Terrace. Oh, Tangora Terrace. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not so sure there, about that. So there is a restaurant that has slowly been fused out. It's still there, but it's smaller, and they've expanded the mm. bar to the outside area. So that, that tiki bar is not just legit, but now it's bigger. Cool. Um, it's fantastic. Great mugs there. They have a set of about seven or eight mugs you can get. And they're all Disney-centric, right, with, like, Disney characters on them, or are they straight-up tiki? They're straight-up tiki. Oh. Uh, during the holidays, they do have special editions. So they've had a Jack Skellington head for okay. Halloween that's mm-hmm. very tiki style. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have the Haunted Mansion tiki mugs, which are hugely popular and very uh, expensive on eBay now. Yeah. Uh, but they're limited ed- uh, editions for a very short time during Halloween so got it yeah very cool good stuff so steve yes sir a few years back we did the uh moss Eisley cantina yes as a group we did a villainy cantina mm-hmm. how did that compare to your experience at the bars mm. in yeah Galaxy's Edge? Oh, is that so what? i i want to go i want to i hmm, that's a great question i want to say that the drinks at um, scum and villainy are better. Yeah, because I, I there's also a full bar there too. That's yes, a, that's a real bar. Yeah, it's a bar in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is a real bar in in Galaxy's Edge, but all of the drinks. Well, I've only we've only tried two, and but mm. we you, we shared a table with others who had the same comments that they're all very sweet. Yeah. You know, so there's like very crowd pleasing. Yeah. There's nothing really that you can get. Like you can't order, you know, just a whiskey. Yeah, it's yeah. a set menu with yeah. mixed drinks that are probably pre-mixed in the back. Sure. So there's not a bartender shaking anything up for you. But I mean, you're getting an alcoholic beverage that's okay yeah. in Disneyland. So in it's Disney, not yeah. it's not a bad thing. But in terms of comparing them, I mean, you, you're not going to beat the ambiance in Oga's Cantina. I mean, it's 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 really really cool in there. And um, Scum and Villainy is awesome in its own right. But I. You know, if if you're looking for a Star Wars bar, it's going to be hard to beat Ogus. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, I, got... I want to see it for just the experience of it, but I don't think I want to drink because I, I mm. honestly, I don't like the sweet drinks. I, yeah. I just, I can't drink them. They make they, me feel physically ill. They do have beer as well. 
Okay. Although the IPA, somebody ordered the IPA next to me, and I asked them how it was, and they said, uh, "It's not, it's not real bitter, very low IBU." So again, they're going for the crowd pleasing. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a big, I'm not a big high IBU guy either. So yeah, that yeah. that pleases you me. You might like that. Yeah, you, you summed it up perfectly. Uh, the Hollywood's going to give you the more real drinks. Yeah, it still has great ambiance. That that experience when we all went out there, it was fantastic. I I loved what that they was did. Fun. It really did feel like we were in Moss Eisley. Um, they had the alcoves and everything set up. You get the Disney engineering when you go to uh, to Ogas, and I haven't even been there. But yeah. your photos and everything else I've seen online, you feel like you've just walked into a world right out of Star Wars. And that's Scott. Not... I'm gonna I'm gonna let you finish, but I'm gonna jump in real quick. Yeah. Disney, <laughs> Disney doesn't. Um, wow. Disney doesn't engineer anything. They imagineer uh, their things. Well played. Well played. Continue yeah. as you yeah. were, sir. Uh, so as they're imagining this incredible bar, uh, it yeah. does look fantastic. It yeah. does feel like you just walked out of like even a New Hope. I know it's it's all set in a different time frame, but yeah. you do get that feeling. Disney's going to do that with their drinks. They're yeah. not going to want you walking around totally wasted or or hammered. Not that you would go there for right. it, but you're not going to get those yeah. authentic drinks in yeah, that sense. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I that's... mean, you could. You're going to spend two hundred dollars on it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you. Could, yeah. So you've got a. Well, there's also a two drink maximum. Uh, wow. Oh, really? Yes. Two drink maximum, and you've got forty five minutes. You need to make a reservation. You get in there. You can order two drinks. There's some snacks, but it's kind of funny. It's like a. a Wheat, you know, crunch snack or something, and we asked the waitress what it is. We were thought we were thinking it's probably something like Chex Mix, and she goes, "Oh, it's just Chex Mix. It's like eight bucks for a couple cups of Chex Mix." So, wow. be, beware of the snacks. Wow. Uh, but uh, but the, you know, it's again, it's worth going in there just to have a look around. I mean, it's it's really bitching. You need a reservation again, but yeah. but yeah, uh, make a reservation. Get, you can't even get in without having a reservation for a table, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. they charge you eight bucks for the shit that the bar behind my house puts on the bar for free. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Oh, it. Re- welcome oh. to Disneyland, Nico. Actually, speaking of which, <laughs> um, they do they do have some coasters, and so I was able to nab a couple of those. Dude, you are oh, you eBay. are part of the steel. supposed to steal those, man. You're uh, eBay. Uh, I'm not sure what you're referring to. Yes. What, what what coasters? What what do you mean? Steal what? I'm just yeah. saying. I'm just saying. If I had some coasters. I would not be talking about them on a public podcast. <laughs> well, come on. I mean, these I've are also got this trash can that here. Is... I'm not sure how this ended up in my in my garage, but I've, I've got this trash can. That rules. And brochures from the park. And this cast member that plays the part of Ray. She's here for some odd reason. <laughs> this porg that followed me home. Wait, that's a different ride. My eBay store. Uh, I do have to do a quick shout out. Lisa and I uh, shared a standing table with three ladies and they were all really cool. We talked Star Wars, talked about our podcast and I, t- I promised them a shout out. So I got a shout out to Christy, Lauren and Terry. Very nice ladies. Thanks so much for hanging out with us for a few minutes uh, earlier this week. It was nice to meet you guys. With Anthony Daniels as C-3PO. He was not there. He was not there. Anthony Daniels <laughs> was, thank He wasn't God. one of the three ladies who was with you? But no, wait, wait. They, were, they were three nice, very attractive and, and, and uh, conversational and, and nice ladies. There would you have talked to them if they oh, weren't nice. attractive? Of course I would. Are you know, you I, I know Anthony Daniels. I talked to you. I, I heard a little rumor that there was... That... <laughs> Folds his arms. <laughs> Folds his arms and gets pissed. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Scott. Oh, no. I, I heard that there was some sort of a C-3PO, uh, a couple images that came by your way. A little birdie told me something about that. Some cosplay? So I... 
Might have, might have. Did you? So these guys asked me if you sent. Did you send me the picture? Yeah. I Am I misremembering? Because yeah, I sent you. Might you have like, to bring it up right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll, bring, I'll uh, so, get it back up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. No. It's, um, and, then, and then Steve <laughs> will get it back up. So. <laughs> Hello. What is this? What is this thread going on tonight? I know, a, you, I know you're getting old. I didn't think you were that old, but there's a pill for that, my guy. It's all a right. it's a circle jerk, man. You got to work it back up. <laughs> now I'm before, saying. all right, let's move on. My <laughs> God, where's the wretched hive after dark music when I need it? Uh, guys, before we get to the news, we've got a very special edition of the High Five to cover. Let's do this. It's the High Five. A list of five things. Five things. Five things. Five things. Five things. Five things. That's a bit excessive. Five things. This is the top five things that I put in the list while becoming slowly more incoherent. A top five list, if you will, from the Wretched Hive. That's right. It's been a while since we did a high five. But uh, tonight's high five is very special because we're all fans of the music of Star Wars. John freaking Williams. Jay Willie. Jay Wilbur. Jay is, Dubs. Is the man. And he's not only done Star Wars. I don't know if you guys know this, but he's done more than just Star Wars. What? Yes. I, I can't. Crazy. John Williams has so many amazing, amazing soundtracks and amazing themes within mm-hmm. all of the soundtracks that we thought we would do our high five, top five John Williams themes. So these are the guidelines that we agreed on. So we're not just talking about main themes, although certainly the main theme of whatever movie we're talking about would be up for potentially being in your list of top fives. But it need not be the the only the main theme. It could be any theme within any John Williams soundtrack. And so these guys have been planning all week. They Each of us selected and sent me a list. I'm the only one that has everybody's list. We haven't talked about this. We didn't plan any of this. But I got all of their lists. So, I have all the music queued up. And we're going to run so through this. Basically, you're basically Price Waterhouse Cooper tonight. And yes. you could announce the wrong Best Picture winner. I, I could very <laughs> easily do it having uh, two and a half beers in my belly. So we're going to see how this goes. So guys, here's the order. And I, I'm, there's, there's no rhyme or reason to this. I just, I'm putting the order. Uh, I'm using the order of which I received the top five lists. All right. So the order is as follows. Dave will go first. Nico will go second. Scott will go third. I'm number two. I'm the shit. Greg will go... No, I will go fourth. Greg will go fifth. All right? So uh, there's an important format rule for this segment that we should go over. More so for the hosts than the listening audience. Okay. We do not talk about any selection in any depth until it's mentioned at least twice. Yes, thank you. And we we established that rule. Who's keeping track of that? I will. Dave is keeping track. Dave is the scorekeeper. I will play the tunes. Dave will record the uh, the score and the rank order. And Dave, remember you are assigning one point for five for the fifth I place. Re- oh, 
Two points for fourth place, three points for third, four points for second place, and five points for a first place vote. And I'm not going to lie, I may impose new rules as we go throughout this if anybody pisses me off. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's totally legitimate. Scott, Scott, I'm looking at you. What the? <laughs> Motherfucker! As a member of the board of the Wretched Hive, uh, Dave, you can do... You can you can pull rank on that if you need to. I am I am drunk with power right now. You don't have any more rank than Scott does. You're just drunk. What you want? You're just drunk, motherfucker. All right, so Dave, as mentioned, you are first up, my friend. Give us your number five Star Wars. uh, Sorry, John Williams theme. Number five is not the theme song to this movie, but it's the classic five-note sequence from Close Encounters of the Third Kind. The classic. Alien communication five note sequence. Yes, Each sir. of these will let it play just a little bit. There's no one from. Oh, we're not talking. Sorry. See, I already broke the fr- I broke the cardinal rule already. I almost did. God damn it, Steve. Damn it. All right, so I'm going to let these we run. We can't have nice things. The first time yep. we have we hear these clips, I'm going to let it run for about 30 seconds. Second right, time we can talk. We're not going to have to wait long to talk about that one. That's all I'm saying. All right. All right. So Nico, I believe, is in the number two position. Nico, number two position. Your number five choice. The Jurassic Park theme song. Oh, that's a strong one. That's very strong. That's going to be hard not to talk about these. Man, oh Nico man. is almost okay. murdered by a cat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Damn it, cat. All right, next up, Scott, you have the conch, my friend. Your number five choice. Main theme, 1941. Mm. Top five. <laughs> I'm not allowed to talk about it. Or listen to it, apparently. Uh, it's kind of skipping around there. <laughs> it sounds like a rousing thing, though. Starts out kind of slow. All right. Okay. Well, we, we might be waiting a while to talk about that one. <laughs> Strong choice there, Scott. Uh, get, come on. Be nice. Uh, hey, wow. Dave. Anytime you want to take your drunk you. ass and pull some power here, pal. You got a lot of people talking about shit when they shouldn't be talking about shit. All right, I am up number four. My fifth choice in my top five. I want to make sure I get this right. The flying theme from ET. Mm-hmm. 
Number five pick, Greg. Number five. Dave, let's open up the books, man, because I had Close Encounters. The, the, the composition in the soundtrack is entitled The Conversation, and I think that all of us could have called this uh, called this little piece just off of the first note alone. We would be able to tell where it's from. That's how iconic this piece of music is. Yeah, no doubt. I, I can name that tune in one note. Yes. Dave, you... <laughs> You mentioned it first, so you start. Uh, I, I have read or I heard on a radio show somewhere once that this and kind of the theme to The Godfather are considered the two most iconic short music pieces in history. Just instantly recognizable to anybody that was alive at the time that those things came out. Well, for me, and the reason I picked this one for me... Uh, it, I think what this paints in the context of the picture, you really got to see it in the context of the picture because there is very little conversation that's happening. There's background stuff that's going on with the guys, the engineers in the room and everything as they're trying to figure out what they're going to play next and everything. But really, it's a conversation in music. And everybody in the audience, everybody watching this, gets what's going on just through music. And that's the power of this piece to where all of the acting is actually happening in the music there itself. And that is what makes this so strong. No doubt. John Williams created a musical language that is is the key sort of like ultimate moment in the movie. You're, you're watching the movie the whole time going, you know there's going to be a, a, a close encounter of the third kind. Yeah, and, this is the climax and it's not and, through dialogue, it's through music. It's John Williams just making it happen. It's incredible. If you haven't seen the movie, if you're my kids listening to this, you guys need to watch this movie. How is that possible? Yeah, they this haven't seen still it. Holds up. It's really good. This is a great movie. Yeah, this, this is... is. Steve, work. Okay, this is what this is going to happen though. You're going to no. come over. One, we're going to watch Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid because you've never seen that, and that I... just needs to be corrected. I need to watch oh, the last twenty minutes. Watching... <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and two, we're going to make your kids sit through Close Encounters of the Third Kind. All right. Fair enough. All right. Well, that was round five. Uh, good round. And we're on to round four. Back to Nico. First up is Dave. Oh, Dave. Round four. Yeah, sorry, Nico. All right. You, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> round four. My number one, my choice for the uh, number four position mm -hmm. is, uh, I think, one of the shortest movie titles, Jaws. <laughs> I love those horns. French horns.
change movies forever. All right. Up next, round four, Nico. Actually, my, round two, I guess. Yeah, my pick for the fourth place was the Raiders March. Mm, good from one. Indiana Jones. Strong, good choice. Too low. Nico. I like Too low that on your list. All right. Uh, next up in round two is Mr. Scott. What do you got for us, Scott? Well, shockingly, I have the main theme: the Raiders March. <laughs> All right, we Fuck can talk you, about Greg. it. Fuck you guys, number four. Number Fuck four. you, Greg. So, uh, Scott, why is this on your list? And why is it at number four? Jesus. Okay. It, it doesn't matter that it's at number four. The fact is it's in the top five. My point is this is just an iconic theme. It, it encompasses everything that we loved. Spielberg and Lucas doing their little homage to the, the, the what was it, the 20s, 30s serials mm-hmm. back then mm-hmm. uh, with Williams just making that classic score. He just took it to that level that you will never – be at a point in history hopefully but i'm almost certain it would never be that you do not am i not getting no uh, no you're fine okay uh that you would not recognize that song anybody generations we're talking now a second full generation that maybe a third generation that actually can understand what that theme means and right. and that just takes it to that level that's what williams does williams can make stuff classic timeless uh, take something that is also, you know, this historic, uh, like an homage type thing, but make it his own. And that's what I loved about this theme. Why it's not number one, there's other issues for that, but it's okay. still in my top five, and I love it. Nico, why do you, you love know, this? This one and my number three pick, it was a tough It was a tough battle for three and four for me. Um, and really, um, I like to laugh, so... The, my number three pick, I'm not going to spoil it, um, my number three pick won out on the three and four just because that shit makes me giggle every fucking time I listen to it. <laughs> All right. But John Williams as a composer, god damn, every one of his compositions that I was going through doing my homework for this bit um, while I was not reading show notes, um, <laughs> god, there's just like, there's a feeling that you get yeah. when you hear all of these songs it doesn't matter what song it is from what movie it is yeah you remember the feeling that you had when you were watching that film and what was going on on that screen and whether it be you know from the jurassic park theme i just remember seeing you know when you see the dinosaurs for the first time and it shows that giant like planes out there Mm. and you see all the dinosaurs walking 
I was what that movie came out like 94 93. 95 93. 93. I, 93 I was like four years old when I saw that movie in theaters oh, my dad God. took me to that movie in theaters yeah I didn't sleep for a long time after that but so what about was, the Raiders what about the Raiders theme? we're not supposed to talk about Jurassic Park what about the Raiders theme I'm, I'm just saying the all of his themes they give you these like mm, I just feel so fucking cool I feel like yeah. in listening to this song, all I want to do is like grab my belt and like whip a tree branch <laughs> and slide across the front yard. You know, like it just they make you feel like you are as cool as what you're seeing on that screen. Mm. Yeah, you know, so Nico, powerful. Nico and I don't agree on a lot of stuff on the show, but goddamn, he is like dead on perfect on this because. You do. You feel timeless. You feel young. You feel like that is you up there. You feel a part of it, and that's what Williams does. He sucks yeah. you into this this moment of two hours and just. Got it. Yeah. yeah, I and, couldn't, couldn't and agree all it more. takes is is hearing that music. I don't even have to watch the movie. I just I, I was looking through all of his compositions, watch a quick snippet of a YouTube video of it again, just to remind me of that. Yeah, and I could just remember Indie, fucking cat. Um, I can remember. No, my name's a dog in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we get it. Okay, moving on. Let's see. We're on round two. Scott, you're up for round two. Uh no, I did. Oh, sorry, sorry, you did Raiders. My bad. That was just you. Uh, you're so, up. Oh, that's up. my turn. Oh turn. man, this is where it got really hard for me. That's what she said. The first, the <laughs> you know, my top two, I were pretty easy for me. Three and four. I really had a hard time. And so I landed on number four. I landed here. Harry Potter. Potter. This is actually Hedwig's theme. Yes, it is. From Harry Potter as my number four. can't wait to talk about that one yeah all right uh greg uh last pick here in round two is your number my two friend. my number four pick in round number two if all this makes sense dave you're in my head buddy joss mm. all right let's go let's go i i picked this one because i feel like it's a it's a bit of a departure from his normal soaring triumphant anthems that you get for for most of the the top memorable ones Steve, you made the comment under your breath that Jaws really changed cinema. We always talk about how Star Wars changed cinema. Mm. Jaws was the the forerunner to it. Yeah. And to Nico's point of the emo- the evocative emotion that you get from listening to it, uh, it, everybody knows what the Jaws theme means. Be afraid for your fucking life. <laughs> You're about to get eaten. So I know Greg's going to talk about the two guys that definitely uh, – brought this together greg and and dave but i want to just say something real quick i want to throw something in there on this i can't agree more with you guys on this it was a really hard pick well you could because you didn't pick it at number four (laughs) right 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 (laughs) but but i'm gonna say because you brought it in or you guys are we can talk about it now i want to say something else 
The soundtrack is phenomenal. Dave, you said something that's interesting to me. We're talking about his encompassed body of work. But at the time, Jaws was a breakthrough from what was a very standard um, a standard body of work that this guy had. He worked in TV and he worked in some movies up to this point, but nothing like we had really heard before. So I agree with what you're saying, but the, mm-hmm. the thing is, is we're looking at it backtrack-wise. We're looking at it over the history. But in 1975, this was groundbreaking and something new and invoked like the fear that we all still feel today. If you've ever mm-hmm. felt like you didn't want to go out in the ocean, it's because of this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if I you're no longer if you're no longer on top of the food chain, you are hearing the Jaws theme music in your head. That's right. right. That's... <laughs> Dave, yeah. I I challenge whatever it was that you read that said that um, Close Encounters was the most iconic short musical bit. Mm. Yeah. That was out there because the Jaws theme. If you hear those two notes yeah. played twice, that's four notes is less than the five of the close encounters. You hear, but um, but um, you already know after yeah, so four funny. notes, and it's only two notes that are repeated after each other. You already know what's happening. Yeah, I. That's you, true. But is, but is anybody that? but has anybody substituted their car horn for the Jaws theme song? People have substituted their car horn for Dixie. They've substituted their car horn for the Godfather theme, and they've substituted it for the Close Encounters conversation. That's it. I'm doing yeah. it right now. You know, but but <laughs> has, Nico... has anybody substituted their car doors for for uh, Toto's Africa though? But <laughs> yes, the Nico, guy who you... owns a Volvo 240S <laughs> in Kentucky. Nico, you you, you you're we're sharing the same brain tonight, Nico, because which is a scary thing, but. With the, it's two notes. You don't even need to play it again. You just donut. You hear that, and you immediately. It's immediately recognizable. Yeah. It immediately evokes fear. It's just it a brilliantly composed piece that immediately evokes fear in the listener, and it's 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 you know combine that with a great movie and solid gold. And and Greg needs to talk about this because it's also part of him. But I also want to say one other thing. Hmm. I challenge each one of you if you haven't done this. Scott I bought... is literally jumping in on this one twice ahead of me. He jumped. Because... He just jumped in on himself. I did. Oh, I... But I <laughs> one of the Greg, things Greg gets to talk. Hang on. No, I want Scott to finish. Do you... Okay. Scott I just finish. want to say I want to challenge each one of us if you have not listened to other than watching the movie. Get the soundtrack, download the soundtrack, Spotify the soundtrack. I don't care how you do it. Listen to the entire soundtrack. The theme is classic. I will grant you all of that. There are in I have an honorable mention called from a track from this called Father and Son. And if you have not oh. listened to that one piece of his music from this movie, it's it's goosebumps. Is it's, it the scene with Roy Scheider and his son in, yeah. uh, as they're talking? And, yes. Oh, it's so great. It's seriously, I'm getting goosebumps just even talking about it. Greg, please. Sorry, man. There's, you know, we could we could talk about this one all night. I think that uh, that all of you guys have said it really well. But I will just add, um, for for me, this, like Dave said, it it it, cha- it 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 well, like Steve said actually, it changed cinema. I mean, th- this is really the piece that that set the tone for how blockbusters were going to be scored. And so from here on out, there was this, lo- this, this, um, I, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought. There was this 
huge pattern of, of composers creating these huge theatrical scores to mm. set the tone, help set the tone for the movie, where you didn't really see that before. So it, it's it's an industry changing event, one that's kind of taken for granted for today, but in the, back in the seventies was was groundbreaking. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Hey, um, what happened to Scott's video feed? I was trying to fix it, and you were laughing at me, so I stopped trying to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> all right we're on to we are on to round we are on to round three here dave you have the conch your pick for round three my pick for round three is one that's already on the board okay the aforementioned uh raiders march mm. for indiana jones okay all right does it does he get to talk about it now uh, i think he already did oh, okay we, we already covered that Right. Unless you want, Dave, you have anything that you want to add about Indy? The Indy anything uh, to add track? about Indiana Jones? Just that I, I think Indiana Jones is in this like five to six year run for John Williams that is just like put it up on granite. No composer is ever going to have a year like uh, a run like that ever again. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. All right, all right, good. Uh, next up in round three is Nico, and I'm excited Victory. for this one. I think. <laughs> Victory celebration, motherfuckers. Wait a minute. You chose this over Indiana Jones. <laughs> oh my god. Everything just collapsed. You're not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> oh my god. Well, this one's definitely not coming up again, so we may as well talk about it. You don't know what my number one is yet, Craig. Oh, you know, oh first, first Trump gets elected, now this. I just don't. Oh. All right, Scott, you are uh, up for round three. What is your pick, my friend? Okay, I don't know if we can't talk about it. I'm sorry, but seriously, where did you get that mix? What? That's number not the three, original. Scott, yeah, is, that, is, that the, is that the dance mix? That is. That no, that's the legit. No, 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 no. That is the, uh, the theatrical release. That is from the motion picture soundtrack, people. Stop it. I have that at home. That is not from that soundtrack. That's John Williams in the London Symphony Orchestra from the uh, Star Wars Return of the Jedi soundtrack, Ewok celebration and finale. Someone has totally duped you right there. That is not... The... Okay. <laughs> Damn it, iTunes. All right. All right, guess, Scott, you're up. I guess we can finally talk about this. Uh, E.T., oh. the flying theme. The extra All testicles. Right. All right. You want to go first or should I go first? Go, go for it. All right. In doing research for this, I must have listened to 50, 60 different tracks. The John Williams catalog is incredible. It is. And I actually forgot about this piece. And when I put it, when I when I heard it, I, I was like transported back to 1982, sitting in the theater with my uncle, who was a Marine, hardcore Marine, and I looked over during this scene and he was crying. Yeah. And that that was an emotional moment for me as a child. And uh, I was 14, but still it's like, holy crap, this is like impactful. And I it, it was the first time I think that I really realized that movie music can do something to you physically. Yeah. And... I've listened to this uh, this track probably five, six times in the last couple days just because it makes me feel good yeah. and it brings back memories of my childhood. Uh, there's only one other track that does that and I'll, I can't talk about it yet okay. because it's on my list later, but um, boy, 
This one's hard to beat in, tra- in terms of an emotional pull, Scott. Yeah, uh, I can't agree more. Um, this does bring back the same feelings. I was at the Westminster Twin when I first saw this for the first time, hmm. and that feeling was there's tension. There's I was scared. I was like, this. there's a moment where you don't know what's going to happen, and that's right when they cross over, the bikes start to lift up in the air, and they start flying away, and it's right. like, seriously it's it's a moving moment and it really does affect you in that way like i i was a kid and i was a wreck but i was excited at the same time and it was something i had never really felt like before you know you see all the disney films when you're a kid you see some other stuff when you're a kid but then you see something like that and man the combination of spielberg and williams in Uh. a scene in a moment it's like it's it's lennon mccartney i mean it's it's incredible yeah it's such a good track. Also, so. during that six-year period that Dave mentioned. Yeah, right there, couched right in the middle of it. Oh, yeah. Yep. Nobody's ever going to have a run like that ever, yeah. ever. Great stuff. Yeah. Good, good, good. All right, so let's move on to, uh, oh, it's my pick, actually. And uh, my pick for uh, round three is actually the Jaws theme. Jaws. Nice. So. Words, on, words on it? Uh, we, we, we talked about it. I don't think we need to okay. go there again. But uh, yeah, I can play it for a little bit here. But uh, yeah, just iconic, and here's my number three. All right, so coming up here to wrap up round three is actually Greg with your third pick, Greg. My number three pick, and I'm sorry we got all this cat stuff going on in the background right now, <laughs> but uh, my, for, for my number three Where's my list here? Where are we going here? Number three, so we had Jaws, we got that one. It is from The Empire Strikes Back. There you go. Oh, yeah. Wreck me some rebels is what I do need to do right now. <laughs> That's right. Take those exactly. fuckers down. <laughs> All right, so that that wraps up uh, round three. So we're on yes. to round four. We're approaching the pinnacle of our choices, and uh, the conch heads back to Dave. All right. So in the number two spot, second best all time, John Williams. Mm. Main title to a little film called Star Wars. Number two for Dave. Yes, number wow. two. Excellent. That's a great choice. It's a great choice at number two. A little low, but it's a good choice. I, I assume we're going to talk about it in depth in a little bit. So. I think we might. Uh, all right, so next up in round four, 
is Nico. Nico, what you got for us? My number two pick for this week's rendition of the Hive Five mm. is Hedwig, Hedwig's theme from mm. Harry Potter. All right, so we can talk about this. So, um, Nico, you wanna you wanna take the lead on this one? Um, I don't know, man. There's just something about this. Uh, like I said, all of his compositions, they just, they evoke such emotion. And there's something about the, like, mystery and, like, magical, mystical kind of thing that's going on in the whole Harry Potter films. You know, all these films that you guys are talking about and, you know, the kind of things that you are feeling and remembering watching them and all of that, you know, the Harry Potter series was that film for me when I was young. That's the franchise that started for me when I was old enough to remember and the music from that is iconic for me. I remember sitting in the theaters when the first Harry Potter film came out. I remember sitting in, in and seeing him roll up to the castle um, for the first time and seeing that after reading the books um, and the feeling that I had, you know, that that wonder and amazement after reading the books and wanting to see this and hearing that there's going to be a movie and then seeing that on the big screen and hearing this music, you know, for me, that that's my childhood. You know, I didn't get to see Jaws or Star Wars when it first came out when I was young. Um, I was introduced to that later, but this this franchise for me, Harry Potter, was what I was introduced to for the first mm. time when it was brand new. Mm. Well, well said, and I, I will just add that in the, in the same way that George Lucas set out to create stories and mythology for the children of his generation, I feel like J.K. Rowling maybe not purposefully, but that's exactly what she did. She created stories and a, a set of mythology for children of her generation. And that includes you, Nico. Yeah. And um, so a good friend of the show, Chris, and I, he knew that we were doing this and he was uh, sending me a lot of his comments about, I wasn't sharing mine at all, but he was sending his comments about his choices. And uh, his daughter chimed in with, you know, don't you forget Harry Potter because this defines this is the storytelling of my generation this is the Star Wars for me and uh, I had it on my list already but I think it really it really sort of encapsulates the the storytelling and the mysticism and the magic for your generation Nico the way that yeah. Star Wars does for mine yeah I definitely would agree with you you know I got to watch Star Wars for the first time on VHS at mm. home on a at best like 20 something inch tube television you know that doesn't do it justice the same way that it would in theaters when you're you know 9 or 11 years old like you guys were seeing it in the theater yeah um, but for me this this was besides Jurassic Park and as scarring as that film was for me at 4 years old um Harry Potter was the like 
oh my god i know this world this is amazing and seeing it on film on the big screen and having that music blasted in my face i'll not forget that ever you know that's a great point too and just to just not to belabor the point but but i i think i will because that's what we do yeah um having read the books and then seen the films later the the music sounds like it's from the books it's oh, like yeah. it, it's like it it, it it couldn't be a more perfect match for the universe that is the harry potter universe than oh, those, yeah, those a, the, the the opening the the little opening cue um and i know you know what i'm talking about but let me just play it again here the these these opening notes yeah it's just it's it jumps off the page of the book it just oh, yeah. it screams Harry Potter. It's just like, of course, it's Harry Potter theme. This, yeah, this it's, is got, what... it's got three little stars in one corner and a little whole crescent moon in the other, and yep. it just screams Harry Potter. Yep. It's yeah. yep. like it's like if J.K. Rowling was a composer, she wrote this soundtrack. Yes. But she didn't. John Williams did, and that's how amazing of a composer that he is to write soundtracks that just fit the films that he's writing them for so flawlessly yes scott you want to jump in yeah i i agree with you uh you know as much as we have these themes on here that are loud and bombastic and just iconic and just huge let's not forget all those little subtle things you guys talk about jaws and the two note theme and all this Mm. those little intro notes right there Mm. bring you into a magical world and that's what's brilliant about john williams he's all over and knows how to control that and bring it to life and make you feel a part of it Mm -hmm. so whether it's subtle whether it's an entire orchestra that's just blaring you know a massive theme and and good guys riding off into the sunset on horses or whatever you know space battles and all this stuff he knows how to bring it all down to a really personal level Mm -hmm. and and that that brings us all into that film and i love that that's what's wonderful about it yeah yeah well said all right well let's move on um we are in round four and uh, that was nico's pick so that means next up is scott oh round four okay it's getting Um, getting up there now buddy my number two pick on round four is Mm. one of my all-time favorites uh i absolutely love this it makes me feel that yes, a man can truly fly. Mm. And that's Superman, the main theme. to let that one run a little bit longer it 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 deserves a little more air time isn't isn't there some Boy. goosebump inducing moments incredible like, okay. yeah, yeah it does deserve more time and and scott and i had a pre-discussion about this a, a couple days ago actually and i am i am 
I am sad that this did not make my list, but I'm I'm confident in the five that I chose. But this, goddamn, if this is not fucking great, is brilliant, <laughs> yeah. brilliant. Yeah. All right. Oh man, I could just listen to the whole track. Um, let's keep going though. Uh, we are on to me. Ooh, so that's my second pick. Uh, my number two pick, I should say. Uh, Raiders gets the nod here for me, guys. The Raiders theme at number two. Uh, and we've we've talked about it already, so let's move on. Greg, you got the last pick in round four. My number one, Dave, again, buddy, simpatico, you and me, bros for life, Star Wars main theme. Yep. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Okay. And I tell you, as it pops up right now, just bursting off of the uh, out of our out of the uh, speakers and into our ear holes right now mm-hmm. goosebumps for me goosebumps that's what yep. this does every time i hear it goosebumps it is a brand launching theme you play it now and you know exactly what you're in for you see it in the theater i don't care if you hated the last jedi when the theme played you had goosebumps I'm so fucking jealous that I didn't get to see this film in theaters the first time it was ever released as a mm. child. You might get it on Blu-ray. That's not the same, dude. <laughs> Fuck I you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, ju- I'm jumping ahead to a yeah. possible story, but oh. I, I, I couldn't agree more, Greg. I, it, I know what you know what's coming. I'm like I'm I'm gonna blast this out of my car speakers on the freeway. It doesn't matter. It still evokes the same emotion. I get those goosebumps. I, the other thing about the Star Wars soundtrack now that I, I have to mention, you know, there's so much from the Star Trek. Uh, excuse me. There's so Ooh. much. Oh. <laughs> there's so uh, much from the Star Wars uh, soundtracks to to pick from. There's so many themes. The asteroid belt theme the the um, chasing the falcon theme from episode four but it, it boils down you know you could even throw duel of the fates in there but there's there's nothing like this opening bombastic theme with the imagery of the star destroyer sailing overhead chasing the tenty four it just doesn't get any better than that for me in terms of cinema i haven't seen anything that evokes that much emotion yet Maybe I will someday, but I haven't found it yet. Yeah, I'm making a correction so, to my list already. <laughs> so I have to. I have to actually do it. I, I, I'm just going to jump in with a, a story that I've, I've read about this. It's one of my favorites. Uh, Spielberg and Lucas were working on Star Wars and Close Encounters of the Third Kind somewhat concurrently, and Williams was doing the score for both. He, he started with Star Wars because that was that was the one with the earlier release date, and Lucas and Spielberg were friends, and Lucas would occasionally call uh, Spielberg and you know play over the phone you know hey listen to this demo tape that I just got from from Jay will of the music for for Star Wars Not and after time Johnny mm-hmm. yeah and after one of the recordings Spielberg was really silent and didn't say anything and George mm-hmm. was prompting him because it's like why are you why are you so quiet that wasn't that amazing is that great and spielberg said no it is i'm just worried he's not going to have anything good left for my movie when he gets to it <laughs> that's awesome yeah yeah i definitely am putting i okay so my number three pick if our listeners remember was victory celebration 
Or the throwaway yeah. pick, as we like to call it. Can, can, can <laughs> we <laughs> discuss this? I mean, honestly. That was, a, that was definitely a joke pick. That's where, for me, this theme sits. Mm. This That's where the Star Wars theme really sits. But I feel like we all have to remember that the fucking Yub Nub Fraggle Rock precursor was a John Williams composition, and we all have to acknowledge that. Yeah, sure. Like, he wrote that mm-hmm. as terrible and awesome as it is. But this is my real third pick. All right. All right. Oh, so do we need to change the scoring there, official scorekeeper Dave? Oh. That's up to you. That's up to you. I right. put in Yub Nub as a don't forget that J Dubs actually wrote that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, but, we're, we're, yeah we're this gonna, is we're... a strong. We're going to stick with Yub Dub. If you had changed it in the round, I think it would be allowable. But we're 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 well past it. If that okay. makes sense. I like okay. that because then that's okay. a permanent that's a permanent record that his number three is Yub Nub, and it yeah. will never be changed. I'm saying if you've been like Yub Nub and let's see play it, and you're like, no, I'm just fucking with y'all. It's really this. I would be. I would say, all right. Yes. Okay. Well, nobody was talking about <laughs> Star Wars theme song at the time because it hadn't come up yet, so I wasn't allowed to talk about it. All right. All right. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, this yeah. is th- this for me is top five material for sure, but definitely doesn't beat my top two. Okay. All right. Wow. Mm. Hang on. Hang on. Let's hear it. I won't make you listen to the end. You know the the uh, the th- the throne room, the throne room scene at the end of episode four, it uh, is a is an honorable mention for me too. Oh, totally. I actually it's wanted to jump in on this great. whole main theme since it was now. We got one about. more round. Oh, oh, you want to c- talk about the Star Wars main theme? Yeah, because you. Bring I just it. want to point out. Yeah. It was one of the toughest things, and we'll get to some other stuff later, but I just want to say there are so many incredible themes in the Star Wars universe we've discussed. You brought it up, Steve, and I. what I really love about it is, okay, you're, we're talking about the main title. You brought up some of the best tracks that I've had, like countless. I mean, I seriously, I put this on in my car and mm-hmm. would drive around like late at night from a concert or something and that is the Ben's death and TIE fighter attack. That's oh, that yeah. sequence when they take off. It's it's insanely good. Like, it's so good. And then you just brought up the throne room scene. That that victory. Yeah. That was going to be my wedding Oh, is song. that right? Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. But, but we'll get to that later. I'm just okay. saying that's how good this soundtrack oh, is. All of it's so good. Yeah, and there may be something else lingering there. We've still got another round to go here. Yeah. All right, guys, this is it. We have reached the final round of the High Five Best John Williams Themes. This is your number one pick. And um, Dave, you are up. Number well, one pick, uh, buddy. It's time to talk about it because the number one pick in my mind is the Superman main title. Hmm. Love it. Greg is... Uh, <laughs> Scott is giving you the yeah sign. Fuck yeah, Dave. All right. And and I'm not going to lie. This was... I knew right away that my one and two slots were Star Wars and Superman. Yeah. And I, I, it, I had to think about it for a little bit. But Superman... 
evokes such joy for me every time I hear it. I think, Steve, you were with me at the Hollywood Bowl when John Williams played it, and I, I cried. I literally had tears streaming down my face. It's such a perfect encapsulation of what that character is. I heard that uh, the director, actually, when he first heard the Williams theme song, he jumped up out of his chair and ran down into the scoring session and stopped the playing because he said, you can hear, you can hear the, the orchestra say the word Superman in it. He just loved it so, so much. Hmm. Scott, what is, you're, you're having an emotional reaction here. What, why is this, why is this so important to you? First of all, I'm going to fucking hug Dave. I swear <laughs> to God, and this never happens, people. This is three years into this show. Wow. Um, yeah, this this theme, this was one of those things where everything perfect came into alignment in 1978. And it was one of those things where, as a kid, you just saw, like, Star Wars is magical. We all know that. We do a podcast about it. But Superman was the first time when they told you in those trailers, you will believe a man can fly. Mm -hmm. John Williams just... If you saw that, you know, you look at the the effects nowadays at that film and and all that, if you didn't have that theme, there is something that just lifts him up. And it's John Williams. It's that theme. It's this magical feeling of my comic book hero. You know, whether it's Superman, Batman, Spider-Man. That was the moment in 78 that they made it real for me. That could happen. And it was just mind-blowing to see that happen. When you see him take off for the first time. When you feel that theme happen. And this whole soundtrack is wonderful. But this main theme, seriously... Dave, when you said you were brought to tears, I know it, man. And I've actually used this theme as my test for like all sound systems from from like the mm. minute I started building sound systems in my house. Every one. home speaker had to go through the That's Superman solid. test. Yeah. And it That's seriously, awesome. John Williams, I now own it all on vinyl. And I have vinyl, CD, digital downloads of this. But the vinyl, it's the warmest, most embracing soundtrack out there John mm. Williams is pure genius on this soundtrack mm. thank you for giving me that moment of I course hey, good stuff good yeah. good good stuff that's why we're here that's why we do this we love <sighs> it we're, we it, it, it evokes an emotional response yeah I'm digging to this, this music this is the best high five man oh, I'm totally by digging far. this by far yeah. uh, alright number two is uh, Nico with your well, with your number one pick, <laughs> what's your top pick, Nico? My number one pick for this rendition of the Hive Five mm. is Duel of the Fates. Mm. Nice.
Nico, I'm going to give you a little airtime on this, even though I can see the rest of them. So no one else voted for this, Nico. But I, I'm going to give you a little airtime here. What? Why do you love this so much, Nico? God damn, dude. I, can anybody else? I, mm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Whatever you say, Nico, is yes. right at this moment. Like, the fact that nobody else put this on our top five yeah. really disappoints me. <laughs> like, even as a number five, like, it's this strong. track... It's, it's, it's strong. The problem right, is so, the catalog is so deep. Yeah, so... It really I'll, is. You, you're not wrong in saying that, Nico, and I totally understand where you're coming from. So, There's a, a wealth of choices that we could pick from, yes. and unfortunately we only get to pick five. And you That's guys right. all get the years. You guys all get to see these films and hear these tracks in theaters for the first time in your life. You all get to see the scenes that are happening and feel the emotions from the tracks and the films in theaters. I didn't get that for Superman. I didn't get that for Jaws. I didn't get that for A New Hope. You know? Well, don't be mad about it. I'm, I am. <laughs> I, to be honest, You're I'm a little mad. I'm a little jealous. You're I a hater. I feel out of time. I feel like hmm. I missed out. You know, I was born 30 hmm. years late. You know, I wish I could have seen those films in theaters, but I didn't. Your mom was like I, eight at the time. It's a little early to have a child. <laughs> you know, I don't blame her, but I got to see The Phantom Menace when I was. Hmm. How old was I, Greg? 11? This came out. 1999. Oh, I was nine years old. Yeah. yeah. I was nine years old. Nine. So, nine. <laughs> Holy shit, your eyes must have been bugging out yeah. at, at this moment with Darth this, Maul and the battle with the Jedi. This moment and this scene with this lightsaber duel, and I still hold firm. I've said it multiple times in the history of our show. This right. scene is hands down the most epic lightsaber duel that has happened on screen in the Star Wars saga. Mustafar is a close second, but this scene for me emotionally is is still number one. No, and, I agree. I agree 100. Yeah. And the soundtrack got your back on that. Can you guys can you hum the tune of the soundtrack that was going on in the Mustafar scene? As emotional as that was, mm. or any of the lightsaber duels that were going on, this song from the Star Wars saga for me is more iconic and more emotionally moving than the theme song is. The theme song is awesome. It is great. But when this song comes on and that that choirs in the background yeah. vocalizing, just the scale and the epicness of what's going on and the stakes that are up for grabs on the screens and you don't know what's going to happen... And then at the conclusion of it, when Qui-Gon dies, like it's just that was emotional roller coaster that no nine year old should ever have to go through. <laughs> and this soundtrack is tied to it indefinitely, forever and always in my life. This soundtrack will be you know, this this song in particular and the soundtrack is is awesome. Yeah. And yeah. it's 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 exciting. It's sad, it's it's invigorating, 
it's an amazing piece and I absolutely love it. I love it. And it doesn't matter that it's a J-dubs. It's just that much better that it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In all fairness to what everything Nico well said, just Nico. said is perfect. Um, there is no argument from at least my side of this. Uh, even us who we've all experienced all those other 30 years plus on Unico, it was an experience. No matter how much we've shredded this film, it really was a moment that was shocking and amazing and spectacular. And John Williams' score makes it phenomenal. Mm. This this part, this lightsaber battle, this moment. And uh, and you know what? For me personally, because Nico said it best, I'm going to just say this. In 99, I got to see John Williams live. And this live mm. was just as good. With the chorus? Wa- oh, yeah. Oh. Full chorus in the wow. background at the Hollywood Bowl in 99 and watching this just months like I saw him in August saw the film in May watching it perform live same feelings evoked it just was spectacular and Nico's dead on right like perfect with this beautiful yeah well said well said wow alright so we are to Scott for your number one pick Scott okay I'm, I'm gonna throw myself under the bus I actually had something else here and had to change mm. my my feeling because it was uh it was up in the air with a couple themes from the same set of movies mm. but I ultimately went with the Star Wars main theme and what was your other choice just out of curiosity <sighs> I actually had between this and an empire, okay. the Imperial March. <laughs> wow! So you're you're changing on the fly here. So this so that is your current your actual number one pick is is the main theme. Yeah. This was what you were considering. What it was uh what what you were, what it was up against I yes. guess right. It was between these two. Yes. Okay. I'll t- I'll tell you real quick because we've all discussed it. There were too many to pick from this entire trilogy. Yeah. But I said it earlier, the throne room was going to be my the theme that I walked down the aisle after I was married to. Yeah. It switched. My main theme that I walked down to was the main theme from Star Wars. I get you. I mean, there's so many great themes and motifs throughout the Star Wars I mean, uh, up until this afternoon, the asteroid belt sequence was my number five. The da 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 da. So good. I just, it, it's yeah. so amazing. Yeah. This would have been hard if you had limited us to <clears throat> the top five Star Wars yeah, compositions John. from John Williams. Yeah. But then you opened up to his entire yep. yeah, the discography, yeah. his entire catalog. Yeah. Well, 1941's on the list. The choices, I mean, you know, it, 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 it goes deep, man. Let that thing roll out. I, I'm going to say my honorable mentions are awesome, too. And, yes, yeah, yeah. Sugarland Express is on there, goddammit. All right, let's get through it. Wait, <laughs> hold on. Let's get through it. Right, we're, we're, we're so close. We're so close. All right, so uh, it's to me uh, my number one pick. Uh, you, if, if you've been tracking me, you know I've been through E.T., Harry Potter, Jaws, Raiders of the Lost Ark. There's really only one left. And that's this guy. 
I agree with Scott. This is my number one. Star Wars main thing. Can't beat it. Yeah. Cannot beat it. All right. Right here. Well, buddy. you can Boom. actually with the Superman theme, but okay. <laughs> we'll or see. We'll with see. We'll see. Fate, but you know, yeah, gotta yeah. have the scoring. Gotta have the scoring done. Greg or or with mm. the one and only mm. Indiana Jones. Mm. There is yeah. no other Number one heroic theme. None. Superman, be damned. That inspires like this theme here. You cannot help but get out of your seat and just fucking pound your chest. <laughs> That's not your chest you're pounding, right? Uh, you can pound whatever you want there, Dave. Hey, I, I, guarantee you're, I, I guarantee you're pounding it right now. What? I'm pound some beers, bro. Just three, three <laughs> words come to mind when I hear this. It's it's a call to adventure. It's yeah. what it is. It just, it just makes you want to go on that hero's journey with Indy. Yeah. You know, Steve. Uh, it's amazing. Steve, that's five words. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this was an incredibly difficult task that I unwittingly assigned. Um, well done, everybody. And I and I have to hand off, uh, I have to give credit where credit is due to Dave. This was actually Dave's idea. Nice. A couple months ago. Uh, took a while to get there, but we got there, Dave. Well done, sir. And... Um, Boy, this was a lot of fun going deep into the Williams catalog to uh, to do some searching and to, to think about the themes. And I, I, I will throw out some honorable mention as we uh, as we listen to Indy take it out for us. Uh, Imperial March was definitely on my list. Uh, Jurassic Park, Close Encounters, Star Wars main theme a lot. One that was not mentioned was Saving Private Ryan, um, Hymn to the Fallen. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful theme, but didn't make my top five. Scott, I know you had some honorable mentions as well. I did. I mentioned a few earlier. Uh, let's throw those out real quick and get through them. Jaws, father and son theme. It's oh, that's so beautiful. Um, I did mention the Sugarland Express main theme is actually a really good theme. Give it a chance. Try it. It's, it's better than the movie. Um, one of the ones I had a hard time with that is phenomenal but here's the thing with john williams he is notorious for self-plagiarism and that's not a bad thing he's a talented guy that has hundreds of themes out there um, but he has done a wonderful um, soundtrack for jfk oliver stone oh, film yeah. mm-hmm. and he has a theme uh it's called theme drummer salute if you haven't heard that give it a chance i have that whole disc it's a brilliant okay. soundtrack uh, last two on there are some really old ones called the Reavers and the hmm. Cowboys theme what's the Cowboys theme from so good um, it's from the Cowboys oh so oh the main theme okay. the main theme yeah, yeah. okay so, check it out yeah all right. all right. I got a couple honorable mentions before I unveil everything, if yep. you don't mind. Yep, yep. Uh, honorable mentions, the entire Catch Me If You Can soundtrack, just because I think it's such a departure oh. from what he normally does. Yeah, so good. Uh, I would also put the throne room in there. I, I am not married, but uh, if I'm ever lucky enough to be married, that will be my recessional. Yeah. That has been on my list for over 20 years as my one requirement for the wedding ceremony. And my final honorable mention... Uh, the 20th Century Fox fanfare. John Williams wrote that. He extended it. No shit. Holy cow! Well, I did no not know that. Shit. 
Yeah. Okay. You know what? That's right. And on top of that, he did the two, was it 84 and 88 yeah. Olympics themes, which are brilliant. Yeah, Call to the Heroes or Call to the yes. Champions yeah. or something. Yeah. Oh, my God. So yeah, good. The, the initial Fox fanfare was not his. I forget who it was, but he extended it okay. so that for Star Wars, it would kind of roll over that Lucasfilm limited production before you get the silence of the title card. That was just for Star Wars. Wow. And they liked it so much they incorporated it and it would be, you know, it evolved to be on the front of every Fox release after that. That's cool. That's a can great little bit of a, trivia. Can we all agree on one thing? As, you know, as diverse as our top fives were, can we all agree that that Jay Willie's got a hard on for the French horn? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Well, and he, and he should. It's a magnificent mm. instrument. Yeah. yeah, it's a great instrument, but that is predominantly featured in a lot of these themes. It's a go-to for him for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, are all right. Let's. Ready for you, are you ready for our top five? Okay, let's run this I down. Have, I have totaled the results. All right, number five. Harry Potter, Hedwig's theme. Hmm. Wow. Okay. All right. In the number four position, okay. Jaws, main title. Ooh. Good one. Number four. Excellent. Number three. Very unfortunate. The Superman main title. Mmm. Should be higher. The place it should be. <laughs> you didn't even vote for it, motherfucker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Number two, in the number two position, with the distinction of being the only song picked by all five of us. The Raiders March. Yeah. Wow. Who didn't pick the Star Wars main theme? Oh, Nico didn't. He picked the Nub instead. Yep. And number one. Yubnub, motherfucker. And the number one, number one song, and it, this was close scoring-wise, is, of course, the Star Wars main theme. Hmm. I guess as it should be. We are a Star Wars podcast after all. Yeah. We are. But yeah, it was Harry Potter with six points, Jaws with seven points, Superman with nine points, Raiders March with 16, and Star Wars with 18. And you know, to be fair, the Star Wars team would have had a couple extra points if I had if I had properly voted that over Yubnub. But yes. So I don't regret it now because it didn't affect the outcome. Except yeah. for time and all eternity, Yubnub is on your top five list. If you're ever yep. somehow, if the universe strands you on a desert island, that's going to be one of the five songs you have with you. Yubnub! I'm making sure <laughs> this in your obituary someday. Oh, man. Well, that was a lot of fun, guys. And that actually... <laughs> Uh, that That's took the up the entire length of the show. Oh my god! So guys, it's it's uh, I, we do I do want to cover. We have like fourteen stories set aside. That's not going to happen. But let's cover two. Let's okay. just cover okay. two quick stories. Let's do. Okay, right. so one we have to have a conversation or at least an acknowledgement of D twenty three. D twenty three is happening this weekend. That is. Uh, August 23rd and 24th and 25th. Yeah. It is Disney's uh, Comic-Con, essentially. It's when they roll out the Disney properties uh, that they've been holding on to. This is their big show to promote what they've got going on. Big news that just hit today as we record the show on the 21st. The Mandalorian, which we know is going to drop season one along with Disney+. Plus. The Mandalorian will have... 
a preview or a um, a trailer trailer that is yeah. released today as we air the show. Now it's it's complete, and they're already shooting season two, or just it's I, been. I, I'm not sure. I I don't know if it's com- if it. Well, I I'm. Imagine it's complete at this point because they're going to drop it all at once I sh- I in should a couple say of weeks. I, I know that because yeah. Favreau was on one of the late night talk shows yeah. and mentioned that season two was through the writing process and began the shooting process. Okay. Already. So all right. I, it was just within the last month. Okay. So, so sneak so, peek at the Mandalorian really quick, Dave, uh, dork side of the force.com D 23, all the star Wars related panels we need to watch. Take a look at that. Um, there's a lot of stuff here. I'm not going to run down the whole thing for sake of time, but you've got the music and sounds of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I know, Dave, you're interested in the sounds of Galaxy's Edge in particular. Cool. You commented on that uh, when we were there together. Disney Plus Showcase, Vader Immortal panel, um, and a secret Walt Disney project. May or may not be Star Wars, but it is a secret project not announced yet on Saturday, August 24th at 1.30 p.m. So- I, I just want to pause for 30 seconds. I just want to appreciate the year that John Favreau is having in entertainment, right? He's in Avengers Endgame. He's in Spider-Man Far From Home. He directed The Lion King, and he's the showrunner for The Mandalorian. And that is all happening in 2019. Yeah. You know, Nico, how do you feel about Favreau. that Lion King uh, remake there? How do you feel about that one? Fuck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> if I had one word to describe that movie, the disappointment was not enough of a word to describe how disappointing that movie was. But you know what? Despite that, he's money and he doesn't even know it. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, all right, so check that out, dorksideoftheforce.com and probably d23.com. You can check out all the Star Wars content that is dropping this weekend. Now, the other story we need to get to, guys, because there's some controversy here. Uh, this is shifting gears to the Marvel Universe. Spider-Man Studio Sony guts goes public with Marvel movie divorce. Quote, we are disappointed... And this is uh, reported from a reputable source here, HollywoodReporter.com. The studio is placing the blame, this is Sony, is placing the blame on Disney for cutting short the inter-studio cooperation. So this situation is that Disney and Sony, Nico, are you breathing heavily into your mic on purpose or are you just trying to turn me on or what's going on? Wow. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's you. (laughs) I'm number one. Uh, Yeah. Sony is placing the blame on Disney for cutting short this, the cooperation. So they, so Sony and Disney were working together on the last couple of Spider-Man movies. Uh, And um, showrunner and producer extraordinaire, Kevin Feige was the executive producer for on the last spider man film if i'm not mistaken guys correct me if i'm wrong on, on yeah both homecoming and far from home yep. both great films um and so disney essentially pulled him off of a forthcoming spider-man project and sony did not take kindly to that they have severed the relationship with disney pulling uh spider-man back 
And uh, a Sony spokesperson was quoted as saying, we are disappointed, but respect Disney's decision not to have him continue as a lead producer of our next live-action Spider-Man film. Dave, where does this leave Spider-Man? And the future of Spider-Man films right now seems like it's sort of up in the air. It, It... You know, it leaves him without most of his supporting cast, and it's the single biggest cock-blocking of Aunt May that has ever, ever happened, because she will never, mm. never consummate that relationship with Happy Hogan now. I am, I'm happy to sacrifice myself to that, uh, to that hill. You step I, in I for Hogan. Dave, are, you saying, are you saying there, Dave, that Aunt May will never get happy? Mm. Never, oh. never get happy, no. I, I see what you did there, but... Forever. I mean, it, it's it's a divorce, not so much in the sense that they're breaking up with each other. As I understand it, Disney and Sony had this very unique property sharing agreement that was in place for a set number of films, and the set number of films are at an end. Mm. The set number of films, the cooperation, doesn't jive with the number of films that Tom Holland is star is signed to star in. I think he signed for another two Spider-Man movies after this, and I think John Watt is also locked in to direct, assuming they, you know, keep making money hand over fist for Sony. Uh, it's just a fight over money and power. I, mm-hmm. I mean, Disney, I think, is right in being able to say that Kevin Feige, the most successful producer of movies in the history of mankind, is worth more than what Sony has been paying to date. I think Disney is absolutely justified in saying that. And I think Sony is also justified in saying you're asking for too much money for something that we legitimately own ourselves and can make a lot of money with without you regardless. Uh, okay. And I, think, I, I mentioned this to Scott earlier. Um, you know, they've, they've shown as well that while it's a gamble, they can be successful. I mean, they they – produced on their own into the Spider-Verse, which is a great Spider-Man movie. Possibly great. better better than the two Spider-Man movies that have been released with Tom Holland. Such a great movie. Yeah. 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 Loved it. So they can do it. And they've and they can show they can make money also because Venom, while a shitty movie, also made a shit ton of money. Yeah. And that was a Sony product? Yeah. Sony product. Yeah. And it's Spider-Man Venom. universe. So, Venom uh, inexplicably yeah, made a lot of money. They have a Morbius movie starring Jay, uh, uh, Jared Leto that's uh, in production right now. They're poised to make a Spider-Man universe, which is what they were trying to do with the Andrew Garfield incarnation and were failing at miserably because those movies are horrible. Mm. But now they feel poised to kind of break this off. And there is a lot of reporting that, you know, this isn't quite a done deal yet. Pe- you know, people are still talking and who knows, maybe in eight months this will go the way of uh, James Gunn being fired from Guardians of the Galaxy 3 because they're literally killing the goose that made the golden egg. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Mar- it, the Marvel it, Cinematic Universe is going to be great, Spider-Man's going to be great, but they should be great together. And, and you're right, it is a negotiation, and they really didn't make a counter, they just said no, so... Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I want to jump in on, on two questions on this. Do we think it's other than what we've been kind of told? And I, I did have kind of a pre-show discussion with Greg on this, but mm-hmm. I, it brought up some interesting thoughts. And those thoughts are: Do we think it's just a negotiation tactic on their part because it was something that they came to a mutual agreement on to include that character back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, yeah. which they needed? 
Now, is this a chance for them to kind of renegotiate and say, hey, we took this and we made this for you, Sony, and showed you how to do it properly? Granted, and, and Greg, I, I know you left a little bit of that out, but I want to bring that up. They did a fantastic job with the original Spider-Man trilogy uh, with uh, Tobey Maguire. The first two films are excellent films. Really Wonderful. good. Yeah. Uh, minus part three. We won't get into all that. Uh, and then, of course, Into the Spider-Universe. Um, I would have a very minor disagreement on the Garfield stuff, but not with number two. Number two was unbelievably horrible. Second one was, or the first one was tolerable. However, is this a negotiating tactic for the MCU and Kevin Feige to kind of continue on with a better payout for them? Greed be damned. It's that's what this business is about. We've had this discussion about Disney and greed and money and all that stuff before. Second thing is with Tom Holland, the reason why this deal went into place was to bring Spider-Man into the MCU. So if this is going to be a split and how much we've learned he was, uh, the character of Spider-Man is important to the MCU, where does that leave us now with a character we want to continue on into Phase 4? Right. That's a big deal for the fans. And that's where I think Sony and Disney and Kevin should all sit down and work the shit out like James Gunn. Let's get to the actual real meat of this and get this resolved properly. And the Hollywood Reporter story backs what you're saying, Scott. He's, uh, it's really about the money. It's uh, Reports suggest that studio chiefs Tom Rothman at Sony and Alan Horn at Disney could not agree on a financial arrangement to continue to collaborate. So it's all about the greenbacks. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and to Disney's benefit, I mean, to, to their, you know, their siding, their backing, they have done something that we have not seen I don't know, pretty much ever with this Marvel Cinematic Universe. So give them the benefit of the doubt. When they negotiated the deal and said, Sony, we can fix the problem you've been having with your character and the way you've been handling this. Plus, this all came at a time when Sony was going through an incredibly controversial moment with the email uh, flaws. Right? The flubs where somebody stole all their emails and there were... Amy, t- Amy yeah. Pascal, the, the Sony executive, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Who was who was fired, right, for all that or, or left? Mm-hmm. I think fired slash... Fired slash left. She's still the lead producer on the Spider-Man franchise for Sony. Right. Mm. But again, at a time where it could have gone really bad, Marvel stepped up and said, hey, we'll come in and we'll help and we'll negotiate a fee, but that doesn't mean it's not negotiable anymore. So if they decided to do a trilogy and that's in the contract, then let them work that stuff out. Mm. But seriously, two movies that are, well, one is near a billion dollars and the second one has surpassed a billion dollars. That's not a bad track record, and Marvel doesn't have a bad track record. So no. you really need to step up your game. They, it's not like somebody coming in fresh. This is a, a team that's going to bring them money to the table. So Right. Anyway. And meanwhile, the fans suffer because I think the fans really like Tom Holland. Yeah. The movies are really good. Yeah. And if, it, you know, if, if this doesn't continue, it's going to be, I mean, a real bummer. I think they're leaving a lot of money on the table. They are. Well, and and that that whole kid's story is built around Tony Stark. I mean, they've they've yeah, you know right. they didn't tell an origin story again, but they basically made Tony Stark the the Ben Parker of that story. Yeah. Mm. So totally. they've really you know they're really taking a gamble with this character and where he's going. Mm. Yeah. If, right. they, if Sony's I, leaving, I t- oh, go ahead, Nico. Go, Nick. So legally, and this might be a Dave 
centric kind of question. Legally, can Disney Marvel still use Tom Holland as an actor in a movie if one and two, they don't use him as a character named stated Peter Parker and or Spider-Man? Can he be in a movie named Peter? But if they don't have him in the costume or call him Peter Parker or Spider-Man. He can be Night Monkey. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think think Marvel should make a Night Monkey movie with Tom Holland. But I I imagine, (laughs) I would imagine if I was Sony, there would be some clause in there that uh, he can't appear in another superhero genre movie while he's under contract with Sony for Spider-Man. Now, I'm curious about that. We don't now, know that about would that. Be something, hmm. That would be something that they already would have done, right? Yes, yes. Okay, so if they haven't done that, Disney could hire Tom Holland as an actor in a Marvel movie and have mm-hmm. him play a credited role as tech genius because in Far From Home, he was gifted with all of this Tony Stark tech that he could come back and just be some techie guy. He could he could be Ben Riley. Dom, not don the Spider-Man suit, not be called Peter Parker. They could call him Pete. <laughs> they can call him Mr. So we were very, very, very upset about this. <laughs> but you, you see what I'm saying? Like, do you I, think I, Disney has a way around? I don't call I don't him think P so. squared. P squared. Yeah. I don't think so. There was there was a lot of talk for a while that what might happen would be that uh, Disney would work out some kind of deal with Sony so that Miles Morales and all the stuff associated with Miles Morales would become a Sony property, sep- you know, separate and distinct, and Peter Parker and all of the Peter Parker cast would revert back to Disney. So they would both have a Spider-Man character to work with. But Interesting. That, uh, that apparently is going the way of nowhere. You don't trade away a billion dollar asset if you're Sony. Yeah. Which is odd because Into the Spider-Verse introduces Miles as the main character and the the uh, Miles Morales uh, character does get kind of introduced in the first Spider-Man movie, Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it uh, almost felt like that was a, a direction they were going to take. And it's almost like if that's the case with whatever negotiation is falling through at this point, they're just leaving it out there. And that's mm. that's kind of a sad situation for that character because that's, mm. that's a fun evolution of Spider-Man that I think they should address and we should see on the big screen. Yep. And not just now, in an animated version. Now, do you think Sony has a future with Spider-Man without Marvel, without Nick Fury, without Tony Stark, without any of the Avengers being mentioned at all? They have a future. I just don't know that it's going to be as blockbustery of a future no. as they want it. Because for, for all I'm down on the Andrew Garfield stuff, I don't think those movies lost money. I don't think they made a lot of money either. Yeah. And a challenge for Sony is there is a clause in the, in the rights contract they have they do have to produce Spider-Man material. They can't just sit on it. Yeah. Oh. And, it's some, and there's there's a ticking clock in there. The rumor is that it's somewhere around three years. But Sony has to produce a Spider-Man movie 
yeah. every set number of years or they lose the film rights and it reverts back to the parent company. Yeah, Dave, so I heard it point, was I heard it was five some, years, but you're probably right on the three year mark. And also um, the thing with Sony and bring, and leaving the character where he's at, you're talking about it going into a part three of a, of a franchise they've already established through the MCU. Yeah. We're talking about a character uh, that we know with the Andrew Garfield version of this, they were trying to build a Spider-Verse uh, by introducing the Sinister Seven. Mm. And now we kind of got the Venom. So, I'm, I'm, God, sorry. Uh, Sinister Six. Um, oh, Magnificent we, Seven. Yeah. Thank I'm you. getting them all thrown together. <laughs> uh, but now, Ten points from Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, even with Venom, and they're trying to expand that and bring probably Spider-Man and the Venom universe together. Mm. Um which just makes it awkward. They're two weird. separate universes. No, I, technically the suit is a Spider-Man suit that left Spider-Man or was rejected mm. by Spider-Man and, mm. and found. Uh, we, uh, we, we could do a whole podcast on this. Oh, yeah, so, seriously. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Well, we'll watch this one carefully. I certainly hope Tom Holland doesn't go anywhere because that kid crushes. Yeah. Peter Parker. He's perfect. Oh. He's. Perfect. Oh, we're using our made-up names. In that case, I am Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out of here. You guys. God, we are leaving so much on the table tonight. There's just too much Star Wars news. I'll try to run it down as fast as I can in two minutes. First of all, exactly as we record, three months away from the Rise of Skywalker. Oh my God. Yes. yes. Three months away. Um... With that, there's there are stories about Anakin's and Obi-Wan's ghosts returning after The Last Jedi in the books. Um, Ewan McGregor Obi-Wan. reported yes. by HollywoodReporter.com to be in talks for an Obi-Wan series for Disney+. Plus. Is it going to happen? What happened We've been first, talking. guys? Obi-Wan series or Blu-ray or uh, original release Blu-ray? Which happens first? Obi-Wan series. Oh, By the way, Obi-Wan negotiations series. are going to end quickly when Disney realizes Ewan McGregor has a high ground. The negotiations were short. <laughs> uh, Ryan Johnson's approach to the next Star Wars trilogy. I can't wait to hear Scott's take on that. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> Disney altering the deal for Benioff and Weiss. Uh, the, the aforementioned Blu-ray. Um, there's just so much happening. I can't... Okay. Uh, it's, there, we need two shows. See, Steve, D23, do we get a behind-the-scenes Star Wars, or do we have to wait till October to see so a trailer? So get this. We've got a special correspondent reporting for us. Yes. On D23. Uh, oh, who's going? Well, he's not going, but he's going to track all of it, watch as much as he can of it, oh, okay. write it up, <laughs> and he's my intern, Joshua Baldwin. Nice. <laughs> he, does, he does good work, I hear. He does good work. He does. Um, we got a lot job, planned. JV. We're going to do an unboxing of the Dejark table that Dave uh, purchased Ooh. from Galaxy's Edge. Um, we've got uh, visits to Galaxy's Edge coming up in September with the Lent clan. There is just a lot of stuff happening, and we are so happy you, listeners of our show, are going to be along for the ride with us for the next few months. It's going to be a fun ride coming up to the last movie in the Skywalker saga, The Rise of Skywalker. Guys, episode 94 is in the books. Any final thoughts? With Anthony Daniels as C-3PO. I thought we we almost made it through the show. Almost. God damn it. 94, (laughs) man. So close. Coming up on 100. 
The all-new, all-different Wretched Hive of issue 94. <laughs> Guys, have a wonderful couple of weeks. We love you. Thank you for listening. And as always, may the force be with us all. As of November 23rd, 2009, the Scotch Whiskey Regulations defines <laughs> and regulate the production, labeling, and packaging, as well as the advertising of Scotch Whiskey in the United Kingdoms as needing to be aged for three years mm. in oak barrels. Mm. Three years? Ugh. I don't, want, I don't want that whiskey. That's garbage. Yeah. Thanks, Nico. Yeah. I didn't need love. I had keg stands. <laughs> <laughs>